Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Into the Borough podcast here on the Borough Reviews Network. My name is Jared, and joining me as always is Linda. Hello, everyone. And we got a really good show for you today. No reviews this week, Linda. We didn't watch anything more than WandaVision and a couple of trailers, but um, that's because there was nothing to watch necessarily. So we're going to cover the old trailer that um, premiered at the Super Bowl. It was uh, part of the Super Bowl spots um, that were released along with like Falcon and Winter Soldier and a couple of other things, um, Fast and Furious 9 as well. Um, what we're not going to talk about that one, uh, because that one just seemed a little ridiculous, but, um, we are going to talk about old. And then in addition to old, we also are going to talk about the new, uh, trailer for Zack Snyder's justice league, which, um, looked, looked decent. Must say, must say I am intrigued. And, um, even though it'll be four hours, I do plan on watching it on HBO max. So, you know, Usually with like superhero movies, I I don't really get like hyped up about it unless it's like Avengers Endgame or or anything just because or Spider-Man 3 because that is just looking to be like incredible. But um, I don't really get too hyped up for superhero stuff. So I don't know. Real quick, right off the top, Linda, um, you just told me a couple of minutes ago that you were going to be outside working uh, this evening and it is Valentine's (sighs) Day. You are outside working, and I just want to know how can we help you get um, get your place of oh, I we probably shouldn't shut your place of employment down, but we should petition for you to be inside. Oh my goodness! It, you know it, it's fine. I mean, I do love where I work, and I am the best at the at the job that I'm going to be doing. So I'm quite flattered uh it's just oh my god it's gonna be so cold um what is it supposed to be today even oh god let me check the weather uh because like yesterday like i went out to get takeout because we did our valentine's day last night into today and um it was freezing when i left like i came home from work at like five which my my part-time job was just insanely busy and then um I went to go get uh, sushi to to go get takeout at um, Kasumi, and I kid you not, like I was freezing to death, and my car wasn't even cold. So I don't. I feel bad for you. Yeah, it's just it sucks. Uh, looks like it's supposed to be getting anywhere between negative six to negative thirteen uh, throughout the day here, <clears throat> mm-hmm. but um, I. Th- think we might be able to like rotate people but i mean i'm still gonna have to be going inside outside to send out food uh yesterday i was on delivery so thankfully i didn't have to experience the cold all that much because my car was heating up pretty quickly as the night went on since i had to go in and out of my car a lot mm-hmm. uh, but you know what i i think i have enough stuff to keep me warm um, make it worth my while and stop by my restaurant if you know where I work. Uh, for privacy reasons, I'm not going to just like flat not out. Not going to disclose that. <laughs> no, just for privacy reasons. But if you know where I work, make it worth my while and and do do some takeout. Make it worth it for me, so then I'm not like having to go through takeout and have like no one there. So you know what? Just make it worth it for me. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you heard you heard her get on it i'll, I'll probably order some takeout honestly um 
Order some takeout where I work. (laughs) Sounds delicious. I might do it. Um, (laughs) So uh, first off, I just wanted to say a quick thank you to everyone who did decide to join our Patreon campaign over on patreon.com slash the borough reviews. You know the drill with that. Um, It really means a lot that you took the time to consider subscribing. And even though I know that some of you are only in it for this giveaway, that's completely okay. Um, But I wanted to let you know that you made it possible. um, And basically this month, I have now covered, I shouldn't say for this month of February, but for next month of March, we now have our full podcast um, and our full website hosting covered. So just with the amount of people that are subscribed right now, if you stayed in that tier, we would be able to maintain the podcast hosting um, and also the website hosting um, and, and you know, I guess just just have that extra support so that we can continue to, you know, branch out and try other things and Really exciting stuff is happening behind the scenes here at the borough, I must say. We are going to get a couple more writers on and everything, and so it really helps just to have that cushion of knowing that um, there are people that support us and what we do, and it really means a lot, so thank you. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, um, we have a giveaway for the beginning of the year that will be ending on February 28th, and we'll announce a winner um, on March 1st, that is a Monday at 2 p.m., But uh, if you join our Candyman tier, which is our $1 tier on Patreon, or if you join It Follows, our $2 tier, you get one entry into our giveaway, which is going to be a couple of of exclusive merch items. And then on top of that, um, a couple of personalized gifts. So it's not too big of a giveaway, but it is a giveaway. And there are going to be some pretty cool things that I'm excited to announce in there. Um, and then if you join our $5 tier hereditary, you get two entries. And then with our trick or treat tier, you get, uh, three entries. So, um, consider subscribing to our patron. You can cancel at any time. You don't have to continue supporting us, but even if you do a dollar a month, let me just say right now that that really does help us in the grand scheme of things. And, um, from everyone here at the Burr reviews team, thank you so much for at least considering it, but with all that down and out of the way. Linda, we've got some news to talk about, and I'm really excited for the news this week because it is heavily horror-based, and um, I think there's only one thing in our news lineup, and we might not talk about all of it, but um, when I get into my little news bit here in a second, um, you're going to notice that this week is heavily centered around horror, and as such, I think we're going to have a really good time talking about some of it and debating it, because I know that we're going to disagree on a couple of things, Linda. It's possible that we disagree Uh-oh. on a couple of things here. <laughs> um, so, yes, um, I'm here for the spicy conversation. Yeah, always spicy <laughs> conversations here at the Borough Reviews. Um, but we are going to take our first quick break, and then we are going to come back and talk about some of that news. So stay tuned. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. And Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your first recording. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. We use Buzzsprout and can attest that it is a cakewalk compared to some of the other hosting platforms that we've used. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, 
And the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. So what are you waiting for? Grab your gear that you already have, and then find a quiet space to record and talk about all your favorite things. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support our show. We can't wait to hear your passion. And now for your last week's news update. Joe Otterson of Variety writes, The Last of Us HBO series cast Pedro Pascal as Joel, Game of Thrones breakout Bella Ramsey as Ellie. Neil Druckmann, a writer and creative director for The Last of Us video game and co-creator of the series, confirmed the news about Pascal on Twitter. Ramsey is best known for her role as Lana Mormont in fellow HBO series Game of Thrones. The Last of Us series was first announced as being in development at the premiere cabler back in March, with the show landing a formal series order in November. Based on the video game of the same name, the series takes place 20 years after modern civilization has been destroyed. Ryan Parker and Aaron Couch of The Hollywood Reporter write, The Mandalorian star Gina Carano fired amid social media controversy. Quote, Gina Carano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm, and there are no plans for her to be in the future, end quote, Lucasfilm said in a statement. On Wednesday, February 10th, Carano was trending on social media after the Mandalorian star shared a post inferring that being a Republican today is like being Jewish during the Holocaust. The Instagram post, since deleted, from outspoken conservative actor and former mixed martial artist was met with severe backlash, and, as has happened in the past, social media users called for her termination from the hit Disney Plus show, The Mandalorian. John Squires of Bloody Disgusting writes, Four million people tuned in for the premiere of the Silence of the Lambs sequel series, Clarice. Clarice Sterling is back on the small screen this time in the new CBS series, Clarice which is set one year after the young agent took down Buffalo Bill. The series looks to somewhat be a fairly standard police procedural, only with the Silence of the Lambs reskin this time. For the sake of comparison, NBC's Hannibal premiered to 4.36 million viewers back in 2013, eventually dropping to 1.24 million viewers for the finale of the third and final season. If you missed the premiere, you can watch the full episode on CBS All Access. Boris Kitt of The Hollywood Reporter writes, Paranormal Activity Reboot in the works from Will Eubank and Christopher Landon. Filmmaker Will Eubank and Happy Death Day's Christopher Landon are teaming up for the reinvention of the supernatural horror franchise Paranormal Activity. Eubank, who last directed the Kristen Stewart thriller Underwater, is attached to direct, while Landon, a paranormal stalwart who wrote four of the previous movies before going on to become a hit horror director in his own right, will pen the script, for what is being described by insiders as an unexpected retooling of the franchise. The new Paranormal has a March 4th, 2022 release date penciled in. And that concludes your last week's news update. If you would like to support The Borough Reviews or the Into the Borough podcast, please consider subscribing to our Patreon campaign. Our Patreon offers four distinct memberships. Candyman, a $1 a month tier to show your general support for what we do. 
it follows, a $2 a month tier that will grant you early access to our videos before they release on YouTube. Hereditary, a $5 a month tier with exclusive podcast discussions, and member-only polls so you control what content we focus on each month. And finally, Trick or Treat, a $10 a month tier where you'll get exclusive videos, behind-the-scene content, and all of the other tier perks combined. During these times, it is crucial for us to remain stable, and with your help, we can get there. Head over to patreon.com slash Reviews to sign up. The Burrow Reviews, your movie refuge. Linda, you never told me the weather. I guess I didn't give you a chance to tell me the weather. Negative <laughs> six is what it is right now outside. The low tonight will be negative 15 with a wind chill of negative 26. Oh my God, you cannot be outside in that. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what you, happens. No, you can't be outside in that. It's not a we'll see what happens when you get frostbite and die, Linda. Oh my we God. need you here. I need money. <laughs> I mean... I that's like my soul like I I need cash first of all like I have a like a a rainy day fund that I'm trying to fill up and I always get that from my takeout cash because I'm too lazy to go to the bank. Linda, negative twenty six. It is not worth any rainy day <laughs> tips that you get doing takeout. I I gotta do it. I got. I mean. Oh, you don't have I gotta, to do anything. I gotta be. I gotta be the hero. <laughs> oh, okay. I gotta be the hero for my for for work and and take one for the team. I I'd rather get frostbite before I let anyone else get frostbite. No, <laughs> that is not how we work those things. Uh oh, Linda. I wonder why I was such a pushover growing up. I don't understand it. Yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> No, <laughs> I think Look, we're going to have to talk about that because... Jared, if you're so concerned, why don't you uh, buy me a hot chocolate? Um, Because I'm staying inside because it's oh negative 26 <laughs> degrees out. Um, no. Fine! <laughs> no, if you, you let me know if you're on takeout. If you're on takeout, I will come get some food. I okay. will. I will okay. come get food, and I will also drop off your Christmas gifts. How about that? Aww. Okay. That'll make your Yay, night better. It will. It actually really will. Um Okay, well, with with that out of the <laughs> way, whatever weird. that was. Um, <laughs> He's concerned for me and it's really sweet and I appreciate it. So thank you, um, Jared. You know what else is really sweet, Linda? Oh. Now, I know that you're not too familiar with the Last of Us series, although you know a little bit about it. But HBO we talked about it a little while ago. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but I've definitely talked about this before. But HBO has greenlit a Last of Us series. And, you know, for a while, you know, there was a lot of speculation. Well, who is going to play Joel and Ellie? And, like, when is this going to take place? And what's kind of the time period for this? Well, we have not all the information, but we do have the casting information. As Pedro Pascal has been cast as Joel and Bella Ramsey, the Game of Thrones, um, the Game of Thrones breakout star, has been cast as Ellie. Um, and yeah, Bella Ramsey, if you haven't seen Game of Thrones, is incredible in Game of Thrones. Um, like just like truly like one of the standout performers of Game of Thrones, like specifically, and like towards the the last few seasons as well, like just really stood out in terms of like 
just the i guess just the range because you know in game of thrones she's playing this um this really strong i mean she's literally a lord like she's a child and she is leading a full army in battle and it is um hilarious and also she's so (laughs) kick-ass in that show but um i was really happy because we got bella ramsey's news first and then we got pedro pascal later and Pedro Pascal, let me just say, is killing it. His agents are killing it. He's killing it. He is writing such a high right now. And apparently he just has a thing for like damaged teenagers and harboring children um, because it literally happens in every movie that he's been in. I mean, we, we can look at The Mandalorian. We can look at Wonder Woman 1984. No matter what it is, he always has a kid. So I'm what here for trooper. it. I know. Um so with your limited knowledge of the of the sh- of the kind of the I guess scope of the games um it, does this make you excited as someone who isn't necessarily a fan of the games because you haven't played them Oh my gosh I am so excited I've been a fan of The Last of Us since 20 minutes ago and I just cannot wait for it to come out <laughs> I'm stoked Oh my god. <laughs> so, Linda, the Game Awards, I know you probably don't pay attention to the Game Awards at all, but The Last of Us 2, which a lot of people hate, actually. Um, The Last of Us 2, which came out in 2020, it came out at the beginning of 2020 exclusively as a Sony release on the PlayStation, and um, it was incredible from a story, from a cinematic perspective. That game did some... Did some things that really just changed the whole structure and the whole I guess the whole feeling and the whole basis for The Last of Us. You know, there are a couple of perspective changes in that game that um, are vastly different from the first and it made it such a unique experience and a lot of people didn't respond well to that. Um, and I don't necessarily know that I want to spoil it now that we have a show in development. I, I don't I don't want to get into The Last of Us 2 because it really does sound like that we're starting where basically um the last of us one took place so uh the character of ellie then is a 14 year old orphan who has never known anything um but kind of this apocalyptic planet that she lives in um so she doesn't know life before the apocalypse and there's a huge time jump from the last of us um the the first last of us from their first mission to when Joel eventually meets Ellie and there's a huge like time jump there. And it's the opening of the last of us is something that's probably one of the most memorable, like introductions to video game ever. If you have seen anything on it, like, you know what happens essentially. And I'm, you know what, I'm going to spoil this, this one part here, just because it's the basis for the whole game. So I don't think I'm really spoiling anything. And the game came out in like, what, 2013? So yeah, get over it. Anyway, um, The Last of Us 1, um, you start basically on almost kind of day one of the apocalypse. And you're playing as Joel. And Joel has his daughter with him. He has his brother with him. Um, and it's kind of this, um, oh no, what's happening? Like, And you're playing as the kid for this too. Let me just, you're playing as Joel's kid, but what eventually happens is the kid dies in the opening, like of the game. And then there's a perspective change to Joel who, you know, basically takes this character of Ellie under his wing and tries to get her to um, a safe house in order to kind of kickstart a vaccine that might be possible using Ellie. And so Ellie's a pivotal 
part to humanity's survival. And Joel, you know, makes it his mission to get her to where she needs to go. And um, having Pedro Pascal, you know, do basically the same character arc in, you know, the last of us in the HBO series, as he does in the Mandalorian on Disney plus is going to be kind of, I don't know, fun to watch. Um, but I'm hoping that this really gives him, I know the Mandalorian kind of gives him a, a few opportunities to really, you know, show off and show showcase his talent for acting and performing. But I do think the last of us material specifically, there is a lot of room here for him to be, you know, to have a few Emmys or at least a few nominations um, for his, you know, performance on a, as a lead actor on a TV show. Um, I just, I think that this series is super exciting now. Um, I wasn't necessarily sure how they were going to handle the material before, but after this casting announcement, you've got me, I'm on board. Well, Joel sounds like a very nice boy. So (laughs) (laughs) He yeah. sounds like a very nice boy doing very nice things. So it, it sounds like a very wholesome show. <laughs> mm, yeah, um, it is until The Last <laughs> of Us 2 comes around. And uh, I don't know if they're planning on touching any of that material from The Last of Us 2 just because of how controversial it was. But um, I, I kind of hope they do because to see what happens in The Last of Us 2 in a live action format might be really interesting and it's definitely going to piss off uh, a lot of the fans. So um, I don't know. I always find it funny when creators like Neil Druckmann, who created The Last of Us, um, basically took a lot of the heat. He took a lot of the the abuse from the fan base in the last of us too. And so if, you know, if the show creators do decide to follow his path and like continue the story down where he took it, um, it's just going to be a bigger F you to all the people who, you know, sent him like death threats and like all of that shit. Like I hate when, I hate when fandoms like get so like uptight about something that they like send death threats to like the crew. Like, what are you doing with your life? Like get over Mm -hmm. yourself. Um, but anyway, that is all for The Last of Us. Um, I'm not sure when they're planning on uh, releasing it, if at all yet. I don't think they have like a like a definitive like release date or a year or anything yet. So we'll keep you updated on the story as it progresses. Next, let's talk about Clarice, Linda. This is something that you wanted to watch. Um, it had a lot of Super Bowl like. Um, had a lot of Super Bowl like ads. I think I saw at least two um, for for this show that was apparently it debuted like on Sunday, like right after the Super Bowl. I think um, on CBS, maybe. Hold on, let me let me just check. <laughs> I don't know when. I don't know when it premiered. Oh my god, when did it premiere? Um, well, it premiered sometime close to the Super Bowl, maybe the next day, maybe on Monday. I don't remember. CBS last night, February 11th. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. I worked during the Super Bowl, so I didn't even get to watch any ads or like any like ads for this. And um, it looks like it premiered on the 11th. On Um, the 11th. mm -hmm. So the week of the Super Bowl. Um, or I should say the week after. But um, yeah, no, it premiered. And people had a lot to say about it. But I will say that um, even though the critical response to it wasn't great, and 
by the way, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes and you look at the tomato meter from the critics and you look at the you know, average audience score, both of them are actually very low. So um, like you're sitting at a 33% for the critics and a 50% for the audience score. So <clears throat> it doesn't really fare too well amongst fans and critics alike. Um, but that's not to say that the show doesn't have strengths because 4 million people tuned in for the premiere. Um, which is a direct sequel, by the way, to Silence of the Lambs. So this picks up right after, you know, Buffalo Bill and and all of the film's events. And uh, I heard good things about uh, Rebecca Breeds. Um, like, I heard that she actually, like, is pretty much channeling her inner Jodie Foster. And uh, so that's exciting to hear that at least we got the casting down right. But the main consensus is that the show... Uh, they're not sure how the show is going to work in this TV format, and they're not sure how how well it's going to be executed. Obviously, with pilot episodes, um, you know, half the time pilot episodes just aren't great. They really aren't. I think one of the few like pilots in recent memory that really worked um, really really well was actually Teen Wolf's pilot. Um, oh my god! <laughs> upon rewatch of Teen Wolf, <laughs> I have discovered that the pilot was actually really really good. Um, and that doesn't usually happen with hardly any TV show. You know, you always stumble a little bit because you're trying to find your footing. It's not usually until episode three or four of a show that you really start to get the hang of what the show is going to be. Um, and so I just hope that people keep watching it so that we can keep getting this kind of short form, small screen horror content that we desperately like crave. Well, I'm really glad that Teen Wolf found its footing in the pilot episode. <laughs> oh my god. He's, okay. Um, <laughs> relevance. I know. Relevance. Oh, jeez. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, I'm a total failure at life. I didn't even realize that the show came out. So now I have something to watch when I get home tonight. Um, yeah, you can watch it for free. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> But no, I, I really do like the casting choice that they had for Clarice. Rebecca Braids does resemble Jodie Foster does. quite strongly, especially 90s era Jodie Foster. So quite impressive. And I am really excited to see how she does with the Clarice character, because the way that Jodie Foster played her was just uh, it was it was incredible in Silence of the Lambs. I absolutely mm -hmm. love Silence of the Lambs. So yes, I've been looking forward to watching this for quite some time. Um, I am a little nervous about the reviews that I have also been seeing. Um, but you know, you will get it's always such a like you said, it's always such a big hit or miss with pilot episodes. So I, I'm not really sure how much I'm gonna want to take it to heart at this point. Um, I think I might let a few episodes slip in before I finally start watching it. Just have a nice small binge session with it. Mm -hmm. uh, just so then I'm not stuck on the pilot episode. Cause I feel like the longer I wait after an episode, I don't like the less likely I'm going to want to keep watching the show. So I think I am just going to wait before I watch it just so then I can kind of see how it works itself out a little better. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so uh new episodes of Clarice, um, are on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Central Time on CBS and CBS All Access, so you can check it out. Just for reference, though, um, a comparison that we need to make here. 
So NBC's Hannibal premiered to 4.36 million viewers back in 2013. That eventually dropped to 1.24 million viewers for the final season. And um, I really hope because of the critical response of, of this show and the audience response of this show that we don't see that drop happen within a couple of weeks that, you know, we don't start at, um, you know, over 4 million people for the premiere of Clarice. And then it drops in just a couple episodes to, you know, 1.24 million viewers, because that's going to bode not well for the, for the viability of the show. And they're eventually going to cancel it. Um, so we'll see how the ratings are, you know, this week here. Um, and hopefully they're able to turn it around and kind of pick it up and get people interested in it because, uh, I don't know. Like I'm I'm intrigued when when showrunners and when TV takes risks like this with properties that um are so beloved and they want to continue the story for a new audience and like yeah, like I I want to see more of that. So I don't want to see the show fail. But, you know, Hannibal went from 4 4 million to 1 million for its third and final season and that's over, you know, three seasons that that happened. I just don't want to see that same drop happen in the first season of this show. So check it out if you want. Like I said, it's streaming right now on CBS All Access. um, And you can check it out on Thursdays at 9 Central on CBS. So there you go. There's your information for uh, Silence of the Lambs. Next, uh, last thing here too that we're going to talk about is just the Paranormal Activity reboot in the works from Will Eubank and Christopher Landon. So... Um, Will Eubank and Happy Death Day's Christopher Landon are teaming up for the reinvention of the supernatural horror franchise Paranormal Activity. Um, Eubank directed the Kristen Stewart-led thriller Underwater just um, in the past couple of years here and is attached to direct while Landon, um, who wrote the four, four of the previous movies in the Paranormal Activity franchise before going on to become a hit horror director in his own, uh, will pen the script for what is being described as an unexpected retooling of the franchise i don't know what that means do you know what that means uh no (laughs) a re an unexpected retooling i i don't know where they're going with that is this um is this a continuation are you are you rebooting it um is this like a like a full reboot or is this a soft reboot where you're just picking up the story you know like i want to know more the only idea I would have is the fact that all like the paranormal activity sequels kind of got deeper and deeper into more of like a culty supernatural story. So maybe they're just remaking it to where that's left out. Cause I know that was the biggest problem that the paranormal activity movies had yeah. uh, was just that cult side story, which just got weirder and more confusing the longer they kept that in there so i've i'm hoping that by retooling they mean that they're just gonna make it to where that's not even that's not even a plot anymore which yeah would be quite nice it would be um it's important to note that they've already kind of (laughs) they've already kind of penned a release date almost um they're trying to aim for march 4th of 2022 which is really soon, actually. Like, I would expect this in 2023, especially with all the COVID restrictions. I know we're easing up on them, but like, um, and I guess, you know, paranormal activity doesn't really need to involve a whole lot of crew. Um, in, in all honesty, it really doesn't. And the fact that it's being produced by 
um, that it's being produced by Landon, who, you know, is really like close with Blumhouse and Jason Blum and, and the fact that they do make their movies kind of on a smaller scale. Um, it, it bodes well for the franchise, I think, because when you get caught up in all the dramatics of, um, a really successful franchise and, you know, you keep wanting to make it bigger and bigger and bigger. I think a lot of times, you know, that, that isn't so gradual, right? That increase from the small little like indie, like cult film that people are not necessarily watching right now, but that will be loved in the future to, oh, well now we're on our fourth, fifth movie and it's, you know, we're, we're going all the way. Like we're, we're pulling all the stops, you know, we got all these like A-list actors in here and all of that. And, and I think that, that increase sometimes doesn't happen as gradually as um, it needs to. And so if they're going back to the basics here, like count me in, but I don't know. There isn't too much information on that. So we'll keep you updated on what happens with paranormal activity. But in the meantime, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about this week's trailers and this week's episode of WandaVision. So we'll be right back. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our website, theborrowreviews.com. If you like indie movies, or blockbuster movies, and anything in between, really, on our site you'll find podcasts, movie reviews, opinion articles, and more content that covers all types of cinema. But we especially love a good horror movie here at The Burrow. If you're looking for a review of your latest project, we got you covered. Simply search theborrowreviews.com in your web browser and you'll find us. As a company residing in Nebraska, we know just how hard it can be to get your message out to the world, and we're here to help. Find our contact page on our website and fill out the form. You'll also find a list of submission guidelines on the page. And while not every submission will be accepted, mainly due to time restrictions, it is always worth a shot. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to the site now and check it out. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. And welcome back to the break, everyone. We are going to talk about M. Night Shyamalan's old, and we're also going to talk about Zack Snyder's uh, cut of the Justice League, which just released its first trailer, actually, this morning. So, uh, Linda, let's get into it. Um, I'm not really the biggest M. Night Shyamalan fan, uh, because there are a lot of issues with some of his work. Um <laughs> like a lot of issues with some of it. Uh, And so, you know, it's, he's always hit or miss, right? Like split is a really good movie. Um, I still haven't necessarily watched it, but I've seen a lot from it. Um, But I haven't sat down for a full viewing of it. And that's really good. I heard glass was really good from some people. Yeah. Glass is really good. um, I didn't ever watch it. I do like um, unbreakable that I am very familiar with because it was one of my favorite movies as a kid. Um, and so, you know, it's always like hit or miss. And then you, of course, you have Avatar. We're going to move past that. Why, um, why, why, why bring that up? Come on. <laughs> I know. A little bit, that was a, little a cheap bit. shot. It was a cheap shot. <laughs> oh my God. But um, yeah, so uh, he has a new movie that is premiering Um, so far right now. It's premiering on July 23rd of 2021. So this year, but it follows a family on a tropical holiday um vacation that discover that the secluded beach where they're staying is somehow causing them to age rapidly reducing their entire lives into a single day um 
there was only a 30 second like Super Bowl spot that we have for a trailer. So it's not even really a full trailer, but I am curious to know did it grab your attention? Uh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I you, are we allowed? I can't remember. Do we spoil trailers in this? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I don't care. Like if it's in the trailer, it's not a spoiler in in my mind. So yeah, go ahead. Proceed. Oh my god, this chick got pregnant out of nowhere, and everyone's like, "What's happening?" Yeah. <laughs> it's like she's pregnant, and you know, not gonna lie, if I ever get pregnant, that'd probably be me too. Just like, what's happening? <laughs> but- <laughs> I'm okay. That was like one of the weirdest things to ever choose to put in the trailer. And I know he did it for the shock factor, which it worked Yeah, because like, oh my God, like, I don't know why that part stuck to me so much. I think it was just how rapidly she was getting pregnant. It was just like out of nowhere. And oh, I, I, that, that part just stayed with me and oh my God. Yeah, no, that, that, if anything, kind of made me interested to see what the movie was going to be about. So I might actually watch it just because of that. Yeah. Um, I think where the trailer had me intrigued was not necessarily the the movie itself, but the casting. Because you have Thomas and Mackenzie from, you know, like Leave No Trace, uh, Jojo Rabbit. You have um, Vicky Creeps in there from uh, Phantom Thread, if you're familiar with uh, Phantom, Thre- uh, Phantom Thread at all, blah, blah, blah. And then you also have um alex wolf and i've been kind of obsessed with alex wolf ever since hereditary so um to see like all of those like different people in this one project um in a 30 second spot that's really like snappy and really gets to the point quickly um yeah no i i mean i'm intrigued yeah, it's really nice to see the Naked Brothers band are still fairly successful despite not being in a band anymore. Um, <laughs> you always, everyone always brings it back to the Naked Brothers band. Okay, but it's well deserved. Like, let's face it. Like, the theme song gets stuck in my head whenever I see those actors' names on anything. I always instantly think of the song, okay? And they mm-hmm. did that to me. So in retaliation, I'm just going to keep bringing up the Naked Brothers band. Never forget. Like, I just, I yeah, the casting is pretty good. I don't know why I didn't bring that up at first. I'm just, I'm kind of like in shock. But I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm very biased when it comes to M. Night Shyamalan. I know he has not made the best things in the world. And he has made some fairly decent stuff. I just science holds a very special place in my heart it was like my failing my like favorite alien movie growing up and i oh my god science is just amazing i was very big on rory culkin growing up so you could imagine my 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 little heart growing bigger when i saw him in scream four Mm -hmm. like someone i used to like swoon over as a kid was in like one of my favorite horror movie franchises and then you know you got james mcavoy in glass and split and so he's made some decent stuff but uh, he uh, i there's only so much defending i can do when Mm -hmm. he does stuff like avatar so Mm -hmm. i i i get it i get it that's what i thought (laughs) (laughs) 
It looks good. Um, it does. Let's, but you know, a lot of things look good until they aren't good. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, the other trailer that we have this week is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, yeah, it looks okay. I was more entranced by the stills that were coming out for Justice League. You know, all the new images that we got of like mm-hmm. Ray Fisher and Jared Leto even as the Joker. Um, there was one image uh, of Deathstroke and Deathstroke is played by Joe Ma- um <sighs> Wow. I was about to butcher that last name. What were you about to say? I was <laughs> I was I was talking about Joe Manganiello and I was I was going to say his last name completely wrong and because I was talking about the like black and white image we got of Deathstroke here. Um like I think that's been the most interesting thing to come out of this new like movie, this new Justice League movie, the reshoots anyway. Um was all the new black and white images because there is a black and white cut of this film that's going to be available on HBO Max. And you bet your bottom dollar I'll be watching it in black and white uh, on first oh, viewing. What? <laughs> what did you just say? I said you bet your bottom dollar. <laughs> what? You sound like an 18th century pickpocket child. <laughs> you gee willikers, you bet your bottom dollar. <laughs> Oh my god, it, you make fun of the way I talk all the time. Everyone always does. Oh no, it's so cute. I'm not making fun of it. It's adorable, Jared. You keep you keep doing you, boo. You're mm. doing great. Yeah. <laughs> so reassuring. <laughs> It's okay. I'm I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> so, what did you think? I guess of the trailer specifically. Like I said, for me, it was okay. Um, I'm just excited to see the new footage and to kind of you know break it down and kind of because it's four hours. Let's keep in mind that this cut of this movie is four hours long. So I'm going to be watching it in sections. I probably won't watch it all in one go. Honestly, unless you want us to review this. I'm probably going to sit this one out. (laughs) Okay. With, like you said, the trailer, it was, it was okay, but I don't know. I prefer Marvel has really been winning over, over everything. And it could be overhyped. Like I'll admit Marvel could probably just be super overhyped right now, considering its releases, but Oh, God, I don't know. DC movies just really haven't been doing it for me. And when it comes to the big debate between DC and Marvel, I would say both. But with DC, it's just because of the villains. I I love watching DC villain-related stuff like Suicide Squad, uh, you know, and just... Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't really know about watching another Justice League movie, especially if it's four hours long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair, and 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 truly, that's where I think the project is going to lose a lot of people, right? Like in the actual runtime of it, because no one has time to sit there for four hours. I mean, really, like we do have time. We sit there for you know we binge shows all the time for longer than four hours, but um, for something that's already released and we've already seen a lot out of. 
Exactly. Like, I don't mean to be mean about it or anything, but it feels like they're kind of like, okay, we made an okay Justice League movie. Let's make another okay Justice League movie, but twice as long. <laughs> and it's like, why are you doing that, though? So, I don't know. I, I really don't. Unless you want us to review it, Jared, I'm probably not going to watch this at all. That's okay. That's totally okay. Um, <laughs> we have other things to watch, Linda. We really do. I think That's fine. I think there's plenty other content. So, I'm not going to make you watch the Justice League. I was just stating for all those people out there that have been following this. Not that very many people have been following this. But <laughs> some people have been following this. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ooh, okay. the, the film community has been following this. So, um, but the everyday, I think spicy. the everyday. Yes, it is spicy. Well, it's the truth. It's the cold, hard reality. Um, but the everyday, like <laughs> average viewer has probably not been following this too closely unless you're, uh, you know, insane DC fan. Um, that wasn't supposed to be mean, but it kind of came out uh. mean. <laughs> you're not. Um, okay. I meant as if in your, like, a, like you're a hardcore that's a better word if you're a hardcore dc fan um not that you're insane for liking dc i also happen to like dc but um yeah no Zack snyder's justice league comes out on hbo max on the 18th of march so you can look forward to that then now only if you want though only if, only you, want. if you want yeah we're not forcing you to do anything yeah you definitely don't have to watch it if you don't Want to. Clearly, Linda does not want you to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, don't forget you have a choice. Wow. Just, you know. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So with all that out of the way, we're now going to talk about the superior, I guess, the superior company in Marvel Entertainment when we get into our WandaVision Episode 6 discussion. Be right back. And Linda, it is time for our weekly discussion of WandaVision. Um, this episode, episode six, is titled All New Halloween Spooktacular. And it's directed by Matt Shakeman, um, or Shackman, uh, who directed the previous episodes and who will direct the last three episodes. And it stars everyone that's been in the show thus far. So if you've been paying attention to WandaVision or to the podcast, you know that WandaVision follows Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff. Um, and it follows Paul Bettany as Vision. And there are a bunch of different random Marvel characters scattered throughout the show. This week, um, the episode follows disturbances on Halloween that separate Wanda from Vision, who looks into an anomalous activity in Westview. So Vision is kind of just discovering things this episode. He's really wandering through the streets and just trying to determine how much power and how far the hex actually spreads. And um, his discovery is kind of chilling, to be honest. There's some imagery here that you would, that's taken right from, I mean, we've said it all along, Linda, but this show has serious horror undercurrents running through it. Like, it really does. And um, I think this episode, you know, when he's wandering through the streets and kind of on the outer edge of the hex, when, you know, Wanda is really focusing on the town square, which is where all of the other events are really taking place in this episode. But um, when he's, you know, straying away from the town square and he's at in all these different neighborhoods that are kind of on the outside of the hex, kind of out of Wanda's reach, and you're seeing people stuck, like 
there is that one image of the girl who is, you know, putting her clothes on the clothesline and you see that single tear fall from her left eye um, as she's repeating the same gesture over and over again, because she's literally stuck in that loop because Wanda only has enough power or is only exerting enough power to really control what's happening in the town square. Um, this episode really didn't do much in terms of um, kind of moving the plot forward it was really kind of just a discovery episode um up until the last i would say five minutes and then we're getting somewhere but um up to that point how did you like uh the episode and specifically i know that this is really important to you how did you like um pietro's or evan peter's like dialogue and conversations with elizabeth Wilson or wanda in this episode uh, uh it was fine I guess I can't really complain about it. I mean, it was fine. Everyone else seemed to enjoy it. So I guess mm. I'm just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> you are so salty about <laughs> I can't get over it. I'm a little bit salty. Not my Pietro. That is not my Pietro. And that's not even Wanda's Pietro. You can tell she has a problem with it, okay? <clears throat> so, I feel it. So what if Sword has sent the X-Men in here to handle this? Because I think that that's what's happening, kind of. I think that they sent in... They they literally went to another timeline. They got they got the, the X-Men. They, they brought Pietro back. And and they're like, hey, here's what's going on in our timeline. You're not him. And then they just thrust him in there and they're like, figured out. Like, because but but the really interesting thing is, I don't know if it's a cameo or not. I don't know if they're they're toying with us because there's one part of this episode, you know, where she like sees basically where where Pietro was shot in Age of Ultron. And like I so how do you how do we determine if this is x-men or if this is just you know simply an easter egg a fun easter egg that's been added in um i don't think that's really the focus anymore for me like i'm kind of glad that they toned that down um they're not really making it a point to solve that anytime soon and they don't really want to it doesn't seem like they're trying to focus on what's happening with wanda and the ramifications of her kind of holding everyone hostage in westview and what that means for for vision yeah and um at the end when vision's trying to break out of the hex you know and and he's dying uh and his kids you know the kids immediately know what's going on and and everyone kind of you know bands together to try and help vision uh i guess up to that point like I had mentioned before we get to the end, nothing's really happening. Did you like that lingering like feeling that we got of vision, just discovering all these different places and that one interaction with uh, Agnes is incredible. Um, we saw that in the trailer in the first trailer that released. Um, and we, you know, we didn't know what was really going on and now we do know what's going on. And I'm kind of less suspicious of her now, <clears throat> even though I shouldn't be, but I am. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, so Lane listened to last week's podcast with me and I kept telling him to text you to comment something on the podcast because he was like, that's not going to be Duck Ugg. It's not going to be Duck Ugg. 
all that stuff. And then we watched the episode last night and, you know, when he like kind of snaps her out of her trance a little bit mm-hmm. and before she gets brought back, Lane like freaking blew up. Like, I told you that's not duck up. It's like, oh my God, talk to Jared. <laughs> like, gee, oh my God. Because he, he was so like freaking sassy like a child like that's not a gog i'm telling you that's not a gog it was like oh just go go complain to jared about it okay this is his theory not mine go talk to jared no i'm just saying it's not a gog like oh god so yeah no we watched that and he like blew up <laughs> i was like okay i get it uh but yeah no i i love that they kind of had them split up for this episode me too because it kind of gave us a chance to see Vision kind of try to figure out what's going on from inside rather than outside. Because when people are kind of in in this, they they tend to kind of lose sight of themselves, which is, you know, it's the whole point. So the fact that Vision was able to separate himself and actually start to kind of figure it out from inside, uh, I think that'll be very helpful. Um and it also gave you a chance to see Wanda. She, you can tell that Wanda's noticing that she's starting to lose control. And it's starting to worry her, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. And I I have a feeling that she's going to end up snapping in one yeah, of these she episodes. She's just going to she's gonna lose it. And I think she's going to lose it on Vision. It's um, very possible. Yeah. And again, that director needs to get fired. He needs to get fired. <laughs> so hard he is a freaking idiot he is so stupid (laughs) and he panics like a freaking baby and do you really want someone who's like the chief officer to panic the way he did at the end there look i'm i am gonna be so mad if he okay so let's talk about the end now so wanda's pissed because you know vision's trying to break outside of the hex basically um and he can't survive outside of the hex you know she's basically powering him um and so when he's trying to break through and he's dying you know and his and his children wanda's children you know billy and tommy both like you know have that feeling that something's wrong um i I think it was tommy specifically was it tommy specifically that like felt what was happening with him i think it was uh it might no it was billy it was billy it was billy because uh it was um it was uh Julian yes. Hillard. Yeah, it was Billy. Billy, um, yes. Because okay, Billy's so- the one that has uh, powers like Wanda, and mm-hmm. Tommy is the one that's like with fake ass Pietro running around. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was kind of cool, though. That little sequence of, of them stealing cute. all the candies. Yeah, it was cute. But it would have been cuter with the right Pietro. Uh, I'm, I'm done. I'm fine. It's fine. I'm fine. I, I don't I'm think so. Saying. I disagree with you, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but no, uh, so, you know, Billy senses that something is wrong with his dad and that he's dying. And then Wanda kind of like pauses everything. Like she just stops everything. And she's trying to find out what's going on and, you know, he's dying. And so she literally to, to try and prevent him from dying and getting outside of the hex, she expands the hex in this sequence that is so like exhilarating because she is just taking over more and occupying more space. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know the exact logistics of how far she expanded. um, But I know that she expanded at least for a couple of, probably a couple of miles, I would say, to be honest with how it looked 
And I don't know if it's going to keep going or not, but you have, you know, you have two separate cars that we're trying to get out. Basically, all of the sword agents, a lot of them anyway, some of the helicopters, all of their equipment are now within the hex. And you had Director Hayward um, escaping. And you also had like Monica Rambo and Jimmy Woo and Darcy Lewis that that were escaping in a separate car, weren't they? They were all in that car. Uh, no, Darcy. No, Darcy Lewis. Yeah, she was. She was. She was handcuffed. So she is now in the hex. Um, so Darcy's in the hex, which is interesting. And I want to see how that plays out. Um, I don't know if they're building her up to be something more or to, you know, I, I think they are probably. I like Darcy. But, um, yeah, so Jimmy and Monica are trying to escape in a car. And then also you have director Hayward that's in a car trying to escape. And we don't really know what happens with either of them, right? Did, because, we don't really see Jimmy Woo and Monica Rambeau like again after their cars trying to escape. And then director Hayward is kind of where we end the episode. And did he? No, no, they didn't reveal whether or not he got in the hex, no, right? He was still yet. driving away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I don't know. Like it's, I, I want to see what happens. I hope that, like you said, I hope the director gets taken in the hex and is controlled by her because he doesn't deserve to have rights. Um, well, right now he deserves to be Wanda's bitch because if that's how he's going to act, then you know what? That's yeah. what he's going to get. Um, so, yeah, it, it ended in an interesting place. And obviously she was able to save Vision. But um, from what I understand, the next three episodes are going to be more of what we would expect from a from a mainline like Marvel show than than what we've been getting, which I'm kind of sad about, to be honest with you, because I really love everything that they're doing with the show and how creative it is. And um, I want to I, I want to stay in that kind of fictionalized like sitcom Aww. universe with these characters. And it's going to be so sad when this show ends, because like this is basically all we're going to be getting. I think of of Paul Bettany specifically like i don't think i don't think he's gonna go past this show as vision and it's gonna break my little heart i this show's really growing on me too i oh my gosh this morning well not this morning i watched it last night but i had no idea what they were gonna i knew that it was going to be in the 2000s for sitcom era but I had no idea what they were going to play homage to. And keep in mind, for the last month or so, Lane and I have been binge-watching Malcolm in the Middle nonstop because mm-hmm. we love Malcolm in the Middle. I had no idea they were going to do that for this. So, oh my god. <laughs> I I loved it. I loved it so much. Because, oh my gosh, oh, Malcolm in the Middle is like one of my favorite TV shows. It's just so funny. And the fact that they did that for this was just cherry on top fantastic and uh i i'm kind of glad that they're just settling with this being a mini series like it's gonna suck that they won't have many more episodes to go but i feel like with how quickly they're going through the decades i mean it's only a matter of time before they're caught up with us yeah and so after that they're not going to be able to do it anymore and so i'd rather it just kind of stay within this sort of aesthetic that rather than play out of that and try to turn into something else. Cause that is like a huge part of its charm. And so I'm, I'm glad that they're not going to try to push it after that. Yeah, me too. Um, 
I'm excited to see where it goes, and that bodes well for the show and for its viewership. Um, I'm curious to know, because basically this show will end, and then the Falcon and Winter will have a week break after the show ends, and then the Falcon and Winter Soldier show will kick off as well, which, um, depending on the pilot, we may or may not do these weekly like installments for it. I don't know. Do you? Do you? Is that something that you wanted to do, Linda? Yeah, we can keep doing it. I, I, I like doing this. Yeah, I do too. I just don't know how well I'm going to like Falcon and Winter Soldier because that does seem, if you're like a fan of the Marvel movies, that that is exactly what you're getting in the TV show. And so it seems pretty streamlined, but we could probably do a couple of episodes of it. Yeah, um, might as well, Maybe I guess. just like a first few episodes, see yeah, if like it's a, worth continuing on. Yeah, like maybe like a first episode m- middle check-in and then an end slash season wrap-up episode. Um, yeah, is it going to be uh, is it going to be a Teen Wolf pilot episode or is it going to be a bad pilot episode? We don't we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned in March to find oh my out. God. Um, yeah, no, uh, WandaVision. Yep, we are going to now move into um our last segment which is basically to let you know what is streaming right now and what you can watch over the week and into the next weekend and by the way i haven't said this yet but i hope everyone had a good valentine's day we're recording this on valentine's day and uh also to to kind of piggyback off the point that i made earlier like way earlier in the podcast episode about our patron um there will be a review of to all the boys I love before, forever, and always. That is exclusively for our hereditary tier over on patreon.com slash the borough reviews that will be uploaded. Um, you're hearing this on Monday, so it'll definitely be there by Monday, but it'll also be there on Valentine's Day. So somehow retroactively, if you can go back in the past, you can listen to it a day earlier. If you're like, if you're like, um, you know, the superheroes that we try and talk about all the time on this show and you have those powers, go back and watch it. And also subscribe to our Patreon campaign. That is my little spiel about that. I almost forgot about that, but I was supposed to talk about that. Um, well, so- just so you guys know, nothing says I love you more than subscribing a loved one to our Patreon page. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you get exclusive reviews, like to all the boys I loved before, forever and always. What a, what a cute little movie that was. Um, anyway, <laughs> hope you all had a good Valentine's Day. We'll be right back, and we're going to talk about what's streaming this week. I'm sure you know by now, but we have our own YouTube channel. There, we upload video reviews of the latest television shows or movies and stream gaming content weekly. We have a goal to reach 100 subscribers by the end of the year. Right now, we are about 12 subscribers away from reaching that goal, and it would mean everything to the team here to be able to accomplish this goal. Simply search the Burr Reviews in YouTube search bar to find us. Make sure to not only subscribe if you like the content, but to give the video a thumbs up and ring the bell to make sure you receive notifications of when we upload or go live. The Burr Reviews, your movie refuge. All right, so what's new to stream this week from our friends at LA Magazine? Uh, We have a few things. So like I mentioned earlier, we have To All the Boys always and forever. I think I said forever and always before, so I said that wrong. But um, we have All the Boys, Always and Forever, which is a cute little like romantic Netflix movie. It's kind of the third installment of the To All the Boys trilogy, and it's a sweet little movie. I liked it. If I had to give it a rating, it would be a 
probably a seven out of 10, honestly. Like it's, it's good. It's not great, but it is really good and cute. And so if you're into that kind of thing and you're still feeling those Valentine's Day like feelings and you're kind of all in your feelings and you haven't yet spent Valentine's Day with someone and you kind of want to, um, this is a good movie to watch either with your significant other or with friends. So I recommend that. We also have Crime Scene, The Vanishing at Cecil Hotel. And that is one of the most infamous buildings in Los Angeles. And it's the setting of this documentary, this mysterious disappearance of Eliza Lamb is the focus, but you'll also learn about the hotel's strange and dark history. Um, sounds interesting. Kind of sounds like a, like a real life example of like The Shining, where a hotel just comes to life. So that's interesting. Um, and then you also have The Equalizer, which is based on the same film as the 1980s series and two 2010 films. This reboot of The Equalizer finds Queen Latifah stepping into the role previously played on the big screen by Denzel Washington. Um, Latifah gives a performance, the AV Club says, is, quote, a joy to watch. And um, she plays basically a former CIA agent uh, turned feminist vigilante with a heart of gold. And you can find that on CBS All Access. I know Linda has strong feelings about that I'm sorry. Queen Latifah as a CIA agent turned feminist vigilante with a heart of gold. You mean every single Queen Latifah movie? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's been typecast kind of the same as like Dwayne Johnson, you know. Yeah. This kind of... Really, it's fine. I have nothing against Queen Latifah. She's been in a few things that I find very funny. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this one alone. Just <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not laughing at the Equalizer. You know, just something else. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, we kind of have a lot of like feminist projects this week because the last one on the list here that LA Mag provides us is Strip Down, Rise Up, which is a documentary about a diverse group of women who sign up for an intensive pole dancing workshop, which Ooh. will challenge them athletically, but also challenge them to connect with their bodies, confront past trauma, and reject the patriarchal gaze. Um, you can find that one on Netflix. So a lot of a lot of good like feminist projects this week. I mean, I know Crime Scene, The Vanishing is maybe not the focus of like feminism work, but um, certainly to all the boys, uh, the equalizer and strip down rise up all are. So a lot of things to celebrate this week. And um, yeah, you can find all of those either on Netflix or uh, CBS. Um, (sighs) What a good episode. What a good episode. No review this week, which I was kind of thankful for because I didn't rush. I literally watched one vision on Friday and then I didn't have to rush to get up, so I woke up at 11, um, about 11.30-ish, so that we could record. It was nice just to wake up and be able to grab my coffee and come sit down to record for once. Yeah. It, I mean, you know what? To celebrate the holidays, I think after work, I might warm up and look into a bit more of the vanishing at the Cecil Hotel you know, nothing like a hotel with a dark, sad history to 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 celebrate Valentine's Day. Yeah, that seems definitely like something that you would want to watch for Valentine's Day. Honestly, <laughs> with the release hotel. posts that we've been making on Facebook and Twitter about what movies we recommend, you guys can tell which ones I did, right? 
Yeah. You, you guys know. You which can ones also tell which ones I did. Oh my god. Yeah, it's you can you can you can easily tell which ones I've I've done, and Jared's then you can tell so which ones. Happy. And then you can tell which ones that Lorencia has done. Um, it's kind of funny because uh, you have three very distinct. Like what our last one? Hold on, let me go to the Instagram post just so I can see it. Um, so I can give you the the right information. Um. No, it's quite hilarious because we made a couple of these posts. So the first post that we made was for um, Palentine's Day. And so you had to all the boys I loved before, always and forever. You had Casino Royale and then you had the Bride of Chucky. Now tell me right now <laughs> who did what because you know immediately who did what. Um, oh, my God. And then our second post, uh, it was um, our Valentine's Day post. And uh, that was a couple of days ago that we made that. And we have She's Gotta Have It, Let the Right One In, and Irreprace... Oh, ooh, I butchered that. Irrepra- irreplaceable you. I don't know Got why it. I was trying to put an R in there. Yeah, um, <laughs> the irreplaceable you streaming on Netflix. So tell me, Linda, which one do you think was my pick out of those three? Uh, uh, run by me one more time, real quick. Okay, wait, no, we no, no. Got, yeah, we got She's Gotta Have It, Let the Right One In, and irrepl- Irreplaceable You. She's Gotta Have It. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, She's got to have it as mine. And on the last post? Uh, The To All the Boys I Loved Before. That one. No, actually. No? Oh my god, it was Casino. I'm sorry, I kept hearing you gush over To All the Boys I Loved Before just a second ago. Damn it. The Casino Royale is my second guess. Between yeah. the three with the Well, obviously, mind. Bride of Chucky wouldn't be the guest <laughs> for you. Damn it. I knew it was Casino Royale, but you confused me. That's okay, Linda. Um, Damn it. Yeah. It's very easy to tell um, which one's mine and which one's Linda's. And then, yeah, if you know Lorenzi, if you've been listening to the podcast that we do uh, for Den of Night, you know, bi monthly on our Patreon, then you know exactly which movie she's picked as well. Um, it's kind of easy. She's a Netflix fiend. She like watches everything on Netflix. It's kind of insane. Like oh she, God. she has so much more knowledge of Netflix than I do. Um, <laughs> and it's, I don't know. It's wild. So if you, Oh, if you ever see anything recommended, you know, on Netflix and it's something that you've never heard before, it's almost most likely going to be hers. Um, so, um, yeah, no, that's that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, for Netflix films, like, it takes a lot for me to get, like, in the mood to watch them because half the time I just am trying to, you know, catch up on screeners or I'm watching something that's theatrical. Yeah. Um, But this year, this year, I must say, has changed that for me. Like, I now, like, prefer, honestly, I don't prefer, like, home viewing over theatrical viewing still. Um, but I understand the appeal of maybe releasing some of these movies on streaming as compared to putting them in theater. I don't know. I'll never lose my desire to want to go to the movies, but I have been adjusting to find it more enjoyable to watch stuff from home. There's just something so special about watching movies that you'll love in a theater. And it just sucks that, we haven't been able to experience that for the past year now. Uh, But I mean, I've been trying to, to watch more stuff like more like actual horror movies lately. I really haven't really had much time or energy to watch them, but 
I watched a couple of Amazon Prime video last night, and mm-hmm. it was it was actually quite nice. They were both not very great, but it's nice to get that horror fix in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the horror fix I've been missing, which I think is kind of again to go back to circle back to Wandavision, you know, earlier like that the undercurrents of horror that have um, kind of perpetuated the entire series thus far, like is it's fascinating to me for Marvel to kind of take that direction. Um, and it's, you know, it's not heavily influenced or anything, but like I said, the, the imagery, you know, of the suffering of the people or, you know, those breaks in the, in the kind of in the sitcom where, you know, she has to, where people are like, do you want, do you want me to take it from the top? You know, what do you want? And she kind of pauses and everyone looks at her and, there are themes there that are kind of fulfilling me in that, in that sense that are kind of reminding me like of horror, the horror that I love so much. Um, yeah. Cause really the only horror movies that I've watched recently, I watched Seder. Um, I'm watching a lot of horror for morbidly beautiful, but not necessarily for my own enjoyment. So I'm kind of jealous that you're, you're going back and you're just watching a bunch of horror co- content because uh, I want to be doing that. You know what? To feel like I'm not taking advantage of the freedom I have, I will try my best to have better pickings for my horror movies. Let's see. Last night I watched the remake, the 2009 remake of Night of the Demons, and Amityville 2, The Position. Hmm. Possession. Why did I say possession? Possession. Oh, oh, you had a you had a Jared slip. I did. I did. It's okay. I I feel like I landed more gracefully. I just kind of owned up to it. I own Uh, up to it every time. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no. uh, Those two were those two were something else. I watched the remake of Night of the Demons for the casting, and then I watched Amityville Two: The Possession because it was it just it was the next one on, and I was too lazy mm-hmm. to grab the remote, so I was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was they were they were something, I guess. Yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to watch next for Morbidly Beautiful. I was looking at our screener library, and there's really nothing in the screener library that I want to watch at all. So I feel kind of bad, but I have to write something by the end of the month. Um, flip a coin. I know, flip a coin. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Um, thank you for tuning in every week. If you've been following us, uh, make sure to like and share this podcast on all the major platforms that you can you can find us on all the major podcast directories like apple spotify google pandora uh we're there we're we're everywhere that we should be finally and so uh, make sure to download this episode because not only does listening help but downloading those episodes helps even more um so consider doing that and thank you so much for listening and we will be back next week to talk about episode seven of wandavision and whatever else comes up during the week so have a good one guys thank you See ya.